Welcome to this week's episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites, brought to you by Bergen Community College and the Office of Student Life and Conduct. In each episode, we will introduce you to someone who can help make the most of your college experience. Welcome back to another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. Today is October 28th, and we are joined by the Assistant Professor of Visual Arts and Director of Gallery Bergen, Tim Blunk. How are you, Tim? I'm great. Great. Thanks for having me. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. All right. Just to kick it off, Tim, uh, you want to give us a little background on uh, your journey on how you got to Bergen Community College? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you don't want to hear all that. Uh, it was the Spark Notes version, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, well, let's see. I'm going to start with the easy parts. I began at Bergen Community College. Actually, I was taking courses thinking I would go into medical school. I was putting together a, um, a transcript you know, to go into the medical fields, but... Uh, um, I've always had a conflict between the sciences and the arts and the arts ended up winning over, uh, winning over the day. And, um, I eventually ended up, um, getting my MFA at William Patterson. But while I was attending William Patterson, I started, uh, I started teaching as an, as an adjunct doing something that I had done many years ago, which was, uh, working as a literacy instructor, I started teaching GED classes at the Charcoal Learning Center in Hackensack. Um, so I did some ESL and uh, GED instruction there. And working with adult learners in the community college context was uh, just, it's just the most satisfying work that you can do. Just people are there for a real purpose. They're goal-directed. They have all the motivation in the world to make something happen for themselves. And I just had such a wonderful experience and got to know the, the folks at Charco and at Bergen. And it was just such a wonderful experience. Um, Later after I got my MFA, um, I I had been working at a a gallery and private foundation that's actually based in Teaneck and in in Soho, New York um, called the Puffin foundation. And I was the, director of the Puffin Cultural Forum for about 12 years and uh, did the curation and program uh, programming for that that site in Teaneck. Uh, I had uh, one of our faculty members, actually, uh, Greg Bierman, was um, uh, somebody I invited to be in a uh, gallery show that we did at the Puffin, and he and I got to know each other, and he then... um, asked me to do some adjunct work uh, in the Art 101 classes for the Visual Arts Department. And um, I began teaching on the main campus in Paramus, uh, uh, teaching Art 101, and then um, was asked to step in to manage the gallery. Uh, It was prior to it being established as a it was closer. It was before it was established as a full-time faculty position. It w- I was there as a manager and curated a number of shows and helped uh, some of the faculty people put on exhibitions there. So, uh, just two years ago, the position was created as a full-time position, which is a, a fairly unique thing in community colleges to have an actual gallery director. And 
we have a, a, a gallery space on West Hall, for those who haven't been there, on the third floor of West Hall. Our actual gallery space rivals that of most four-year colleges that I've ever seen or been affiliated with. It's, it's actually a gorgeous space and that we have both the combination of a space and um, uh, support through the faculty gallery committee and, uh, and now a full-time director. We're, we're able to do quite a lot of things there. So that's how I arrived. So um, That's great stuff. Uh, you brought up uh, Gallery Bergen. What's the best way students can get involved in this virtual setting? Oh, well, I, I, I guess you could say I was a genius because I, and I could say I, I saw this coming years ago. But Naturally. <laughs> yes, I think, yes, go ahead. If you'd like to call me a genius, I think you should. Um, now, back in 2014, when I was working as a manager, I, I had a hairball idea of, I've always wanted to try and extend the reach of the gallery to the whole community. And I, I don't see it as just a place for people to come and look at pretty pictures and talk in hushed tones over white wine or appropriate non-alcoholic beverages on a campus community. Um, no, I've, I, I've, I've seen it as a center of both curriculum and a place for exploring controversial ideas and to, um, you know, and also to bring the community together. Um, that's a challenge on a commuter campus and, most people's inclination, I think faculty, staff, and students all together is, you know, the moment our responsibilities are done is to jump in the car and get the hell out of there. And that's, so the idea of coming to uh, a space that's not germane to your job description as a student or a faculty or a staff person, um, that's just something that most folks aren't really quite, um, you know, ready to do. So I realized that getting people to the gallery was one kind of challenge, the actual the physical space. But what I started to do was I created dedicated websites for all of the exhibitions that I was doing. So if I curated a show, I created a website that was a documentation of all of the, the work in the show. And I worked with the library to create resource lists so that for example, I did a show called Lines of Fire, Lines of Ice, um, that was a, a show based on climate change and created a website for that. And with um, Catherine McGivern from the, from the library, we put together a whole list of resources so that faculty in any of the departments, whether related to the sciences or the humanities, could in, use the artwork in that show, which also included films, video, um, fine art, on the topics that uh, are germane to climate change and our social reaction to that. So it could become integrated into their curriculum. Um, so I've been doing that since 2014. And so the idea of creating a virtual gallery space was already something that I unwittingly uh, was, was creating. So when, when COVID hit um, last spring, we immediately transitioned to uh, a virtual or gallery uh, Bergen online uh, version of the uh, student show. And we did a, um, a live streamed event last, last spring that I thought was, was, was very successful. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Um, so, 
Tim, in, in your time at Bergen so far, is, is there a favorite show that you've put up in the gallery? Favorite show? Oh, man. The, you know, when I'm putting them up, they're all my favorite. And it's it's just, I guess, it's like saying, which is your favorite kid? Because it's like, it's such a, um, uh, you know, sort of, sort of you have a private favorite kid. I know you probably do, Greg, right? It's like they're one of the kids that you absolutely, totally <laughs> favor. But you, you you would never mention that to your wife. So, um uh, no, I, I, for different reasons, there are different favorite shows. I think one of the ones that I most enjoyed from an aesthetic standpoint was the one that we did last year called Ornithology, which was about our humans' deep fascination and interaction with birds, um, culturally, scientifically, and otherwise. I thought it was just uh, the the level of work that we were able to put together in the gallery rivaled that of anything that you'd see in the city um, in any of the private galleries or public museum spaces. So I think on a, as far as a, the, its aesthetics and its the merits of the artwork on those grounds, I thought was was at the highest level that we've been able to show at the gallery. Um, so I was very proud of that on on that level. Um, one of the shows that I thought was also maybe most important that may may not have been so much noticed uh, by the community was one uh, that we called belongings. Um, that was based on the topic of immigration. And I paired photographs from Dorothea Lang that I was able to um, get prints made from um, a trip to the Library of Congress, actually. You can go to the Library of Congress and you can get um, actual prints made by Dorothea Lang herself from their archives. And I, I scanned them and brought them back. We printed them out here at, at Bergen and uh, some of them at at a very large scale. And I printed out a lot of these photographs from her documentation of the Japanese internment camps um, during World War II. And I paired that collection of photographs with work by a Chilean photographer um, uh, who was taking photographs of Mexican immigrants as they were approaching and waiting for contact with uh, immigration, U.S. immigration officials on the borders in El Paso and Laredo, Texas, um, on the international bridges. Um, so it was looking at these two different experiences and the, the idea of belonging is to people gathering everything that they own and the, everything they can carry with them or to swim across a river and what, what, what you would carry with you. Um, <clears throat> we created versions of that that we showed both at the gallery in West Hall, but we also presented a version of that show also at Charco. Um, I've, I've wanted to create art art spaces on all three of our campuses and our, our next um, iteration of that show was at Charco. And <clears throat> excuse me for that show, <clears throat> sorry. Um, we invited the community to submit photographs of their own immigrant experiences. Uh, we asked people to submit pictures or uh, of things that they brought with them on their journeys from their own home countries. And 
one of these things actually created a little bit of a conflict because we had a judge or a, an attorney from Turkey who submitted photographs of what he brought with him, which were his judicial robes, which you wear when you you know are involved in any litigation in the Turkish courts. He brought his robes with him. Um, he left Turkey as a basically as a political refugee from the Erdogan government and. These photographs that we put on the walls at, at Charco elicited a response from the Turkish embassy, which demanded that we take the pictures down. That they it was like it was a um, uh, they 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 did not like the characterization that there could possibly be people who would be leaving Turkey uh, for political reasons, and so they issued a protest directly with the college on that. So it was, I was, I was actually very pleased to be in the middle of a controversy that was, uh, you know, that, you know, was helping, helping, you know, focus some light on, um, on that as a discussion. So, well, what are the conditions there and what, what would, what would uh, require people to leave under those circumstances? And um, so I was, I was pleased overall with that, that show for a, a very different set of reasons and, um, and just quick follow-up question. Do you have sort of a, a dream show that you'd like to put up at some point at Bergen? Do you have something that's been sort of on your mind? Mm, a dream show. Oh, yeah. I've I, Well, there's a show I've been working on for three years. <laughs> so I'm, uh, <laughs> I just, you know, between uh, COVID and, and things just not coming together, it hasn't happened yet. But I, I again, my, my background, I... I started as in, in research science. I was I was mostly first trained as an neurophysiologist, and I've I'm very interested in exploring sort of the old Victorian notion of, or even the Renaissance notion of the arts and the sciences as really one entity. And um, I've wanted to do what I guess in, in modern parlance we would call like a STEM based art show. I've been working on a show called Periodicity which is about repeating patterns and textures that you find in the natural world that are things that artists all over the world with from different cultures all make use of and all play with. And I've been working with Luis uh, in the STEM program to try and um, uh, do something that grows out of work that they're doing uh, because I've learned that you just can't drop things on people and expect them to pick it up. Um, I want to create more collaborative kinds of shows that the faculty are really invested in and that students are very much invested in that um, sort of organically grow out of research and, and things that uh, people are doing. But I want to be able to demonstrate through a show like this or others um, that the arts can create a, a compelling mode of communication of big picture ideas, um, even in the sciences and, and even on a micro level that are, the arts can be used as a, a communicative um, entry point uh, to introduce difficult or complex subjects and to be able to, to also show how we don't need to be afraid of complexity and that you can use different ways of, uh, speaking about uh, difficult subjects by exploring many, many different entry points and different angles. I think the arts do that uh, perhaps better than 
more reductive kinds of examinations that you usually find in the sciences. So that's what I'm, I'm working on right now, actually. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Tim. So I, I think you sort of answered my question. My, my one only question was going to be, how can you make a compelling case for why all folks at Bergen should be interested and in, in really get involved with visual arts? And I think you hit on it, but would you want to expand on that uh, ever so briefly? Oh, ever so briefly. Well, that's a challenge. Um, as you can, as you could probably tell, I, I don't do a lot of things very briefly, but um, I think, again, I think the arts are intrinsically about complexity and our society tends to gravitate in the opposite direction. It wants to oversimplify and it, it arts explore the gray areas and the zones of sort of complex human interactions. And they exist, the visual arts exist largely because, you know, if, if people make work because we lack a, a, a vocabulary and in text or in language to be able to express some of these things. So I really believe that the, the arts are, are a profound mode of communication and are worthy of being celebrated as such. Great. That was um, great. Appreciate that. Um, so our, our slogan in student life as we wrap up here is leave your mark. So, what mark would you want to leave at Bergen? Oh, what, what, what would I like to leave? Yeah. Um, I would just like to have leave leave behind an actual an expectation um, from the faculty that they want to know what is the gallery doing this semester because I. You know, I, I want to build my curriculum around what they're organizing. I, I would I would just want to see the gallery in um, not just its physical space, but as a as a as an institution on campus be established as something that that is like a place where what are they doing? Because I want to I want to make sure I'll get my my uh, syllabus lined up for the semester to get my students over there and engaged because I know that something special and remarkable is going to happen there. So that that's what I would like to leave behind. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. Uh, we would like to thank Bergen's very own soothsayer and genius, Tim Blunk, for joining us today. <laughs> oh, can, I'm going to put that on my business card. Soothsayer and genius. Oh, I like the sound of it. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jared. No Thank problem. you, Ian and Greg. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, Tim. Thank you. If our listeners have any questions about this episode or would like to make any recommendations, please contact us at studentlifeatbergen.edu or our Instagram page at bergenslc. From, Gre from Jared, Greg, and Ian, see you next week. And to my Bulldogs, Keep on barking. And that wraps up another episode of Bergen Bulldog Bites. If you have any questions about this episode or suggestions for future guests, please email us at studentlife at bergen.edu. Thanks for stopping by.